Hello, friends. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. For all of you Apple users, do me a favor. Go over and leave a five-star rating and review. Also, subscribe if you aren't already subscribed. You may be listening, but you might not be subscribed. So do me a favor. You may have to research the show if you are subscribed. So go hit that search uh, button. Um, redo your search like you've done it for the first time. Leave a rating and review there. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Next, I am hosting a steel mace workshop February 9th here in St. Louis at the Primal Gym. Takes only 45 bucks. It is filling up fast. So go to Eventbrite and you can get your tickets there. It is the Imposed Will Steel Mace Workshop. And uh, yeah, come join us. It's going to be a good time. This episode and all episodes, all future episodes especially, I haven't really been talking about this. You've heard me talk about it on a few episodes here and there, I'm sure. But all future episodes, all episodes are brought to you by Imposed Will, my company. We are dedicated to helping others reach their maximum potential in life and help you impose your will whatever that means to you. So check us out, imposedwill.com. It is a health and wellness platform. We are going to have some apparel up. Uh, the website is under construction at the moment, but you can go over there and get on the mailing list and check us out. So support the movement, guys. I appreciate it. Let me ask you guys something. Are you familiar with CBD, cannabidol? If you listen to this podcast, you should be. But you may be a new listener. So first, welcome. Next, let me tell you about CBD, cannabidol, one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant. But this particular one has been shown to have a ton of medicinal benefits. It's helped people with Parkinson's. It's helped people with epilepsy. It's helped people with depression and anxiety. There's a whole bunch of different benefits that can be had from this particular compound. I enjoy using it topically in a muscle bomb. I get it from Jumbo Superfoods, and I put it on my muscles, on my joints, particularly my fingers and my like my elbows, my knees, my ankles, just anywhere that's sore after jujitsu is where I apply it, and it has been game changing. I think you guys will notice a big difference too if you give it a try. Go over to JumboCBD.com. You can use code IWILL at checkout, and you'll save 10%. So go check them out. JomboCBD.com. Use code IWILL at checkout and save 10% off your entire order. All right, my guest today is Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy is a TV analyst and the director of PR for Shamrock FC. He hosts... His own podcast, That MMA Show. He's also the co-host of Down Goes Frazier on 101 ESPN Radio. And he's just one dapper dude. I really enjoyed sitting down and speaking with him. And uh, I have a little confession, you know what I mean? I, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't feel like I did Jeremy the best justice that I could of, you know, sitting down with him. I don't feel like I brought my A-game. We had a great conversation, but there was a moment there that I completely, I don't know, man. I just shat the bed, guys. And 
I've been I've been wrestling with the idea of do I edit it? Do I cut it out? You know, there's the thought of you know, editing is going to improve the product. We're going to take out those unnecessary sounds, you know, the fuck-ups, we'll remove those if we want to. You have this power to present this very polished product. And then you on the flip side of that, you have people in the podcast game that say, you don't ever edit anything. You know, and I don't know if that's just laziness because I said that as well. Like I said, I'm not going to edit any of these episodes. Um, I just want it to be real. I want you guys to see me mess up. I want you to see the triumphs. I want you to see the growth and the progression. But does that make for a good product? I don't know. I do do some editing on these intros. I do remove some of the annoying sounds. But as far as the actual conversations go with the guest, I don't edit any of those. I like to keep those in their entirety so you guys can see all of that. Now on this one, man, I just didn't bring my A-game. And I apologize to Jeremy for that. Um, he was super nice the entire time and uh, helped me work through it. And uh, I can't thank him enough for that. But I don't know, man. I've just been really struggling. Well, one, I've been beating myself up for that because I'm just so, I, I don't like that. You always want to bring your A-game and I always want to have the best conversations um, with everybody I sit down with. You know what I mean? So I don't feel like I did that in that moment. And uh, it was a great learning lesson because I've just been thinking about it over and over and over again. And I definitely will improve moving forward. I won't have that moment again. I'm sure I will have that moment again, but hopefully not that bad. I have some strategies in place and I'll just be better prepared. Either way, I'm going to release this episode without editing the actual conversation. It's going to be some cringing, cringingly uncomfortable silence there for a second. <laughs> it just is what it is. I don't know, man. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Jeremy was an excellent guest, and I would love to sit down with him again in the future, and I will be better prepared for a con uh, more productive conversation. I'll have better questions. Uh, yeah, but I can't thank him enough. And I think, uh, I don't know, you guys tell me what you think. Here we go. Enjoy the show, guys. And welcome. Yeah, I know. That's kind of how I do it. It's I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. So. All, right. All right, Jeremy Johnson. Cool. So, so you're a judo and black belt? Or I'm, a black belt in judo? Yep. I'm a black belt in judo and a black belt in Okinawan Shornu Karate. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw, um, I think it was a picture you were with, uh, I think, Luigi. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw you both had black belts, so I wasn't sure. No, I'm a black belt in judo. Yeah, okay. so. Okay. What are you in jiu-jitsu? I am a white belt. No stripes, <laughs> no nothing. Don't claim anything. Um have been I've been training in it for a lot of years, but it's been really kind of an on and off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I do a lot of it with uh, Nick Sanders now. Yeah, and that's been great. But um, I kind of work it in wherever my schedule because I do still teach judo on occasion too. So okay, yeah, it's okay. it's been fun. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to like learn this about you because, like we said just a second ago, um, 
all of our interactions were, I mean, you're uh, like one of the lead guys at Shamrock. Mm-hmm. You do so many different things uh, when you're there. But uh, just kind of always interacting with you in that context. Mm-hmm. And then now, and then start start learning like, oh, man, you train at the Hit Squad. And then you have all this uh, background in martial arts. So it's cool to learn that about you. Um, how long have you been training at the Hit Squad? So I started training at the Hit Squad about a week before Matthews sold it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I got the right in there in the time that Matt was leaving. Um, new management was coming in. Um, so I trained there for a lot of years. And then I just kind of, at, at one point in time, you know, I took over as doing some coaching kind of things. Yeah. Um, got my black belt there under uh, a gentleman named George Stanich, who is a seventh-degree black belt and trained yeah. multiple world champions and um, – Actually, was Ronda Rousey's mom's coach for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. So nice. I'm in that lineage of uh, judo. So yeah, yeah. Judo's a tough one. Um, I don't like to get thrown. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. And there's always that constant, just up and down, just banging on the mats. But I mean, you learn how to break fall and whatnot. Oh yeah. But still, but still, it takes a lot out of your body. I mean, I've got bad shoulders. Um, my left knee has been torn apart. Um, you know, it's, it has been a a long road, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I still do it at least once a week, um, if not twice. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still out there taking falls with the kids and teaching the whole bit. So, and I passed it along to my kids. Uh, my daughter's a brown belt in judo. Oh, nice. Um, my son is, uh, he does judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu both. So, yeah, yeah, my daughter actually teaches now at the hit squad also. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Both my kids do jiu-jitsu. They're younger. They are, um, eight and ten. So, my son, he's the older one. He's ten. And um, I, I just introduced him to jujitsu first because, like, my real scheme is to get him into wrestling. Nice. I think wrestling is is more competitive than jujitsu um, from from like just the very get go. Like the whole jujitsu or you know the Brazilian cu- uh, culture is pretty laid back. Yes. But uh, wrestling is not that. No, not at all. And um, yeah, wrestling is. I mean, it's a great base to go into anything else. You know, yeah. any other kind of sport. So. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen that time and time again, just watching different fights and stuff like the wrestler usually has an advantage or um it's it's probably like the strongest base in mma wouldn't you say oh yeah i think wrestling is definitely the biggest base in mma and it comes down to just being able to control the hips and control positions yeah so whenever the way that i watch a fight whenever i call it like that is i keep the action kind of moving along and then my color commentator does some of the you know more of the technical intricate intricacies of it yeah but um yeah there you can see it you can see how wrestlers are able to maintain head positions and move play the angles and use their hips to move things along follow their opponents so it kind of nullifies some of the wrestling that a a, a jujitsu guy would have off of his back just because yeah it's so heavy and doesn't let you move i mean you've been there you know yeah yeah i mean that type of pressure it's just a different pressure right sure so um have you always i guess no not have you always when did you first get into martial arts like were you a kid and started karate is that so I I got into martial arts at 10 years old um and basically it was the only sport quote unquote that my parents would really let me do oh yeah um my parents were were kind of hippies and didn't believe in like team things and all the other kind of stuff so I'm like well can I do this and so that's kind of how I ended up there and I did it for a lot a lot of years um it took me almost – I started when I was 10 years old, um, did it for a long, long time, got my black belt um, in 
um, Okinawan Shorn Karate about eight years, nine years ago. Okay. So 10 years ago right now, I guess it is. But, um, yeah, so did that. Um, I've always messed with other martial arts, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like you said. Um, I have trained with some Aikido guys. And then then when I found Judo, it was that kind of just took over everything. And so that's been really kind of my passion for the last, you know, Ten, eight, ten years. So, you um, do you also do like Muay Thai? I do. Um, I've done some striking, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I know a lot of people have seen me out there holding pads for yeah. guys, and um, it's just one of those. I've done a lot of boxing okay. as far as uh, kickboxing and things like that as a younger guy. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm getting old, so <laughs> it's harder and harder to uh, to bounce back. So yeah, that recovery definitely takes longer. Like once you're a little bit older. Yeah, and and guys, you know, a lot of people don't realize that I am I am 44 years old. So I mean, they have a a I lot of people a, don't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm 31. And, um, I mean, I would have only guessed that you're probably like five years older than me. Yeah. I hear, I I get that one a lot, which is nice, but no, I'm, I'm 44. So, you know, age is creeping up on me. (laughs) Do you, um, do you take any like, uh, like natural, like testosterone boosters or anything? Um, no, I, I do some CBD oil to make sure that I, I can still move. Yeah. Um, but no, haven't really ever done the testosterone booster type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. CBD is great. I love that dude. I use Jumbo, uh, Jumbo superfoods. I use their muscle bomb. Mm -hmm. I put it on my fingers after jujitsu, just put it on my muscles after training and it makes me feel like a thousand times better. Yeah. I, I dig it. It's, it's, it's a great thing and I'm glad that it's finally available to people. Yeah. Yeah. I told myself, um, that like, once I get to a certain age, I think it's past, I have to look at the exact number, but it's like past like 35 when you're a male, your testosterone levels start mm-hmm. to gradually decrease over, you know, just over the rest of your life. So I definitely decided, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago that once I get to that age, yeah. I'm definitely going to take some sort of uh, natural testosterone booster. Sure. I, don't, I don't know what it is yet, but um, I don't want to do like actual, um, I don't want to do like an actual steroid but there's some like herbs and roots and different things. Oh yeah, I mean that you can take to kind of help with that production. Early yeah, if you on. can find a good wild yam root, I know Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. That's the big one that's out there. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, dude. So for the folks listening, you are uh, you're like an MMA expert. To <laughs> for real, I don't know about that. But well, here's the thing. Okay, so you're a TV personality, right? Um, I don't want to fuck this up, but uh, you have that uh, that MMA show, uh-huh. and uh, you do color com or not color commenting. What is it? So I'm the play by play analyst. Play by play analyst for Shamrock FC, mm-hmm. um, and then you also do the show uh, uh, ESPN Radio. Uh-huh. Uh, Down goes Frazier. Yeah, right. So you're you're deep in the scene, man. Yeah, I've yeah, I, I do that. I do a lot. Um, <laughs> I started doing MMA. Media media oh god a lot of years ago and it was just I had a little bit of a background in television so I had done a couple of um I had done a couple of reality shows at, at, in yeah, my time I wanted to ask you about um, those. so yeah <laughs> I've, I've done a few and then I did radio for a while too so I I was on 97 one talk for a while okay um back in its infancy when it first started so I've been around media and entertainment for a long time okay but I started with um, uh, a radio, an internet-based radio show called Indio Radio that was ran by Kane, who was of MS Communications. He's Dana Lash's executive producer for her show. Um, he owned it. He was here in St. Louis for a long time. Okay. And then um, 
they did a morning show on there that was him and John Lanius, who used to be on 105.7 The Point, which was Joe and John, The Nocturnal Emission. All right. And so they were good buddies of mine, and um, they kind of brought me along, and I did some background things and did some production and did some on-air things, and we always ended up talking about fighting. And they were like, man, you really should do your own show. And so that's kind of that how that MMA show was born. And I did that for a lot, a lot of years. And it became really kind of my stepping stone into knowing, um, getting to know people in the business, getting to know some of the bigger names because they were guests. And, you know, I've had everyone from Ronda Rousey to Stitch Duran on my show. Yeah. And so it's been a lot with that. Now it's kind of nice going into ESPN that I'm using those contacts to bring in yeah. other people, you know, bigger names. So, like, uh, you know, we've had TJ Dillashaw on right before his fight. Um, we actually had Tommy Toehold on, the guy who created Tommy That's Toehold. Awesome. So, yeah, at one point in time, Tommy Toehold was actually my answering on my cell phone. Oh, really? Yeah, he did it for me. It was pretty funny. So. That is hilarious. Yeah, those uh, those cartoons are hilarious. Oh, my God. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got into the business of it. Um, I was then started coaching fighters at the Hit Squad, mm -hmm. um, just helping out. Ended up cornering a few fights, did some things there for Shamrock, and um, was actually working then as a cut man for him. Oh, so you started as a cut man. I started as a cut man, yeah. And that's how I actually got my foot into the door of Shamrock. And I did it for a couple of years, and... One night, it was a, one of the big shows. It was their second pay-per-view. And it was um, the original guy who had my position, Chad, and Kevin Engel. And I was the cut man along with uh, Craig Nacello. And so literally they go, hey, we need some announcements made. When they handed me a microphone, they go, would you do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I did it. And basically Jesse called me, uh, Jesse Finney called me, and then he goes, so what do you want to do? I said, well, I kind of want to be Mike Goldberg. I said, that's what I really want to do. Yeah. A couple weeks later, he sent me a message. He goes, so are you ready to be Mike Goldberg? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm going to give you your shot. Nice. And I haven't missed a Shamrock uh, event since. Man, how long ago was that? It was almost four years ago. Man, yeah. Um, I can't think of a, yeah, I feel like every time I'm at an event, like. Yeah, no, literally I have never missed one. Yeah. Um, I have had to send different coaches with my, my daughter to go compete around the country with the judo. Um, but, yeah, I literally I've never missed one. Yeah. And uh, so that's quite the feat, especially considering, uh, so what was like two weeks ago was was the show two weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, there's a sh shit ton of snow out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many people were wrecked trying to get to the show. It took me five hours to get home from weigh-ins. Oh, man. That night. Yeah, it was crazy. So. <sighs> yeah, that's quite the drive. Yeah, so you've just grown with the organization as it's, as it's, um, it's, it's expanding. So um, right now it's in uh, St. Louis and Kansas City. Right. And uh, from my understanding, it's probably going to expand even further than that. So That is the big rumor that I keep hearing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's exciting to see what happens with that, man. Yeah. Um, so did you go to school for communications? Or Not in the least. So how did you get into this biz, man? Like it, You know, it's just one of those that I kind of was in the right place at the right time um i was a musician for a long time so i had a pretty decent voice and i kind of knew how to control it and knew how to use it yeah um i was a, i actually was a touring musician at one point in time really what do you play uh guitar bass drums mandolin piano um i kind of did it all I, yeah. was, I was a studio player okay so if somebody needed a date in nashville i would go drive down and play down there i would yeah. go to you know north carolina and play and things like that so i had a musical background more than anything, but I knew how to control my voice and that's kind of what gave me the, mm -hmm. the way to go with it. So, and it's just kind of built from there, you know, really I've, 
done a bunch of things in the business and it just kind of all led up to where I am now. So, yeah, you know, bet- between do, like I said, doing radio on 97, one for a bit to some of the reality TV shows that I did. Um, it's just kind of all culminated into this now. And this is yeah. really my passion, you know, combat sport is my passion. So yeah. I have n- I literally, you couldn't tell me who's going to play in the Super Bowl. I don't know anything about baseball, but I can tell you mixed martial arts stuff like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, that's cool, man, that uh, you just, I mean, some opportunities arose and you were just, yep. you put yourself in the right position to take advantage of them. Yeah, I've, I've been one of those kind of people who, um, I will tell you, yes, I can do it before I ever know how to do it. Yeah. And I, I'm a big fan of, you know what, I'll figure it out and we'll make it happen. Yeah, so figure it out, man. I, I've never uh, never been one to, to back away from a challenge. So Yeah, I never, uh, I'm, I'm that same way. I just, I dive headfirst into everything. Right. Um, I never worry about fucking up. I just feel like it's, I probably will somewhere along the way and it just is what it is. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to fail in life and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've, you've got to fail to know what winning is all about. Yeah, so. yeah, 100%. It's, um, I don't know if I was reading it or what, but basically, uh, you know, failure is, it's not something to be avoided, but it's, it's a part of the process. Absolutely. So, so if you try to avoid that, you're trying to avoid success, really. Yeah, it's one of the, I mean, look at guys who have, you know, they've never seen defeat in a fight. Yeah. Do they really know what they're made of until that happens? Yeah. And I think that that's a, it's a huge learning experience. They learn that, okay, maybe I need to do more. I need to do this. I need to focus here. And that's what failing in certain aspects can do. As long as you don't let it get you down, you, you can learn from it and you can move forward. Right, right. Are there any, um, like, failures that stick out to you in the past that was just like, man, like, I thought that was going to be it? Oh, I mean, I've I've had a few, and I mean, I I own a couple of businesses besides being in the fight business, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I've you're full on entrepreneur. Oh, man. <laughs> I lost a, a, a million dollars in real estate back really? in 2008. Oh, oh yeah, shit. man. I mean, so no, I know what failure's about, and I know <laughs> that you can come back from it. So, yeah. um it's it's one of those that you just you you got to take it with with what it is. Yeah, and as long as you can look past your mistakes and don't live in the past. You can come through it. Yeah, one hundred percent. I um, I really, I'm always trying to learn. I feel like if you stop learning, um, you're just, you're just. I mean, you're losing at that point. Absolutely. Um, so, one of the common themes that I've noticed amongst just like really successful people is that they're not. I've I've heard this probably come out of Andy Frizzella's mouth or some people that he knows. I don't know how many times, but he's like, I could lose everything fucking tomorrow, and I don't care. Like, I'll just rebuild it all. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's is probably come from huge losses. You know what I mean? Big failures. You know, you never take anything for granted and it all can go away tomorrow. I have no doubt in my mind. I know that, you know, I love what I do for Shamrock FC. If they came to me tomorrow and go, you know what? Ron Kruk and Pat Miltage are going to be coming in because it's going to push the brand. 100% let's do it. Yeah. Because that's what's going to make that work. I understand that. Will that hurt? Absolutely. <laughs> but it's something that I'll take and then I'll go forward. Yeah. You know, if then I move on to a different organization or I move on to more into the media roles of, you know, going to the ESPN thing, yeah. or if I start something brand new, I, I can do it. And I've done it before. So, yeah, you, you have to be willing to lose everything and start over. If you're afraid of failure, you'll never make it anywhere. Right. Yeah. You have to go all in. Um, I was talking to a guy and, um, 
he's essentially just always trying to set up safety nets. Mm. Um, I feel like you'll never you'll, no, you'll never take a leap if you're always trying to set up a safety net. Right. Yeah. You're you got to take the leap of faith to make things happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, so we mentioned you mentioned your other businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those? <laughs> so uh, believe it or not, I'm actually an IT guy. Okay. Um, which is kind of funny. I own a, a couple of IT-based businesses. Yeah. And so, yeah, whenever you said, you know, do I have a background in broadcasting? No, actually, my background's in mechanical engineering. Oh. So, and I just kind of took it to the computer world um, about 20 years ago. And so... Dude, you're an oddball for that field. I really am. Yeah, your personality is not no. that at all. No, and no one, no one ever would realize that, yeah, that, you know, my business is based around IT stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always gotten, like, the sense, like, when we speak, like, you're very intelligent. You're very matter-of-fact. You're like, let's get to the point. Like, right. Let's get this done. So, but, I mean, that's definitely a very, like, type A personality that you see in IT a lot. You know what I mean? It's like... I've I've called IT people before and you want to like explain the problem to them and they're like just cut the shit and tell me what's wrong. I don't need this roundabout way right. of you trying to figure out what's wrong. Yeah, and it, but it it's a good lesson in life, you know. If you just get straight to the point, things get done a lot faster. Yeah, so. yeah, communicate yeah, communicate clearly. Um so have you always been an entertainer then? Pretty much. Yeah, I from you music class clown or anything? No, I was actually I was a really big kind of growing up, I was kind of the the nerdy, punky skater boy kind of kid. Okay. And but I I've always been an entertainer. Like like I said, I played guitar since I was probably twelve years old. Um, yeah. I played professionally my first gig when I was seventeen. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's just been ever since. So yeah. Yeah, you know, I have done, I have done tour bus tours. I've done van. I've done van tours. I've opened for you know rock acts. I've done yeah. crazy things like that. So yeah. Does that life get old? Yes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah, I can remember being a kid and thinking, man, that'd be so cool, you know, living on the bus and seeing all these different cities. and Yeah. yeah no. It's not. No. Um, it's it's the same thing over and over. You, you get in, you do it, you leave, you go to the next town. Right. And I wouldn't even do big ones. You know, I mean, it would be a weekend here, a weekend there kind of thing, and it's still, it's just, it becomes such a pain. Yeah. And then the business end of it is so bad that it's just, it's yeah. colossally corrupt. And so. Yeah. It's hard to be healthy living on the road. Yes. Because you can't set up any sort of, uh, like, routine. No, and you have to. I mean, you have to be, like, especially I, – I did – my last real things that I did was probably uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And it was so hard. You have to make sure that you drink enough water. Make sure that, you know, you eat the right foods. Because if you don't, it goes so bad so fast mm-hmm. that it's just – it's hard to come by. And I mean, that's just any, with anything. If you don't really plan out what you're going to do no matter what – you know, you end up being a, a big fat slob, and nobody wants that. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's almost set up for failure because so biologically, we're wired that when you sleep in a new place, you don't sleep as deeply. Right. Right. Because it's like a defense mechanism mm-hmm. because you need to keep your wits about you. So if you're always in a new spot, like when are you ever like relaxed? Right. Yeah. And it it, it traveling gets to be like that, and right. it, it becomes it becomes something you don't want it to be anymore. So. Right. Right. Have you ever done stand up? No. Never done stand up comedy. I have uh I've written I've written a few jokes with people. Yeah. And it was more just like so in like the podcasting world, like um, you know, if you're gonna have someone on who is um funny, you know, you wanna do the setups for him. Yeah. And so like I've I've had um Adam Hunter who is MMA roasted. 
Um, familiar with that. So he has an, the MMA Roasted podcast. He was on Last Comic Standing. Okay. Um, and he's been on my show a couple of times. And so we would literally, we'd write jokes back and forth, so I knew what the, the, the line was to set him up to hit back. So, okay. But I've never done stand-up. It's kind of, I've kicked it around a couple of times, but I've just never, never made it that far. Yeah. I've thought about it. I've really? Written, I've written a couple of jokes, but then I'm just like, ah. Oh. I just pussy out. <laughs> no, you should do it. I think yeah. getting in, getting it on stage in front of people is is the craziest feeling in the world. It really I mean, is. You, you've been you fought on the biggest cards. You know, I mean, you've been to the top of the mountain. You know, you've been in Bellator. You've been in all this. Imagine what it's like where it's literally just you under that spotlight instead of you and another guy. Yeah, and it's all of what you come out with is what people react to. Yeah, it's totally different, man. Everybody's looking at you. You're speaking. I don't really have too much of an issue with speaking. But um, yeah, I just I just think about just going up there and just bombing so hard. I, that shouldn't be a reason to not do it. Absolutely, it really shouldn't. Um, I just need to man up and do it. I think that that should be something that we should do is the Adam Meredith comedy night. <laughs> we throw it out there. Do you know how many MMA based in this community would show up to the Funny Bone to watch you do an open mic night? Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, man. I need to just, I need I just need to do it. I'm in. Let's do it right just, now. Just Come commit. On. Just need to commit. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many good comedians in this town for sure. Absolutely. There's a guy, his name's uh, J.C. Sabala. Okay. He used to train at our gym uh, back in the day doing jiu-jitsu. But, uh, man, he opens up for, like, a lot of the big names. Like, when Joey Diaz was here last year, he opened up for them. He, him, he opened up for, um, I think he opened up for Joey Diaz. I might be making that one on. No, he didn't. He opened up for Brendan Schaub when Brendan Schaub okay. came. He's just a super funny dude. I need to have, I just need to spend more time with comedians, and then maybe I'll get some. Uh, well, I mean, even Greg Warren that's from here in St. Louis, you know, great college level wrestler wrestling coach is funny as all get out really professional comedian yeah i mean has had the specials and the whole bit oh nice oh yeah and you know you gotta love brendan Schaub. yeah i mean he he roasted me so bad it still cracks me up so yeah oh yeah that was a big thing he i was actually on it wasn't me like the video of scott etling proposing to his girlfriend okay went viral on his show where he slammed me for wearing a as he called it a shitty men's warehouse suit <laughs> Which wasn't, but, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, and it was like, I got calls from across the country. My buddy's like, did you see you got roasted by Brennan Shaw? I'm like, no, but I guess I made it. I'm like, perfect, bring yeah. it. Yeah. Like, well, aren't you mad? I'm like, hell no. People know my, you know, they, yeah. my Twitter or my uh, my Instagram handle was on it. I'm like, great, perfect. Let's do this. Yeah, all so, publicity is good publicity. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it's just, you know, if you uh, if you had like a weak ego, then that could be a bad thing, but dude, he's a hilarious guy. Oh, he is. It's fun, and it was funny. You know, it, I don't care that it was about me. I mean, I've had plenty of stuff said about me. I don't care. You know, yeah. it's funny. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, dude, that guy figured it out. He figured out a good, like just the smoothest transition from MMA. Um, I mean, you see so many guys who try to stick around too long. Yeah. Or um, just blow all their money. Or just whatever the case may be, and it's, it's just not smooth when they leave MMA. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz should have never happened. Dude, yeah. But, you know, it. I guess Chuck needed the money. I don't know. But, uh, you know, yeah, you got to have your game plan out. Yeah. And no matter what it is, you know, Tito was still in good shape. Chuck, not so much. Yeah. But, you know, it, then Brendan did great with that. So, I mean, he, he made just – from there to podcasting and done. I mean, it was beautiful. He played it. He played that Joe Rogan card really well. Yeah, yeah, that was smart. That's like, dude, Joe Rogan's like the Oprah for dudes. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, man. He um, like if Joe Rogan mentions like mentions you or your product or something, like it changes people's lives. I was thinking, uh, what was it? Derek Lewis? Uh huh. 
whenever he won that fight, um, I can't remember who he beat. Uh, well, that's just it. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was it was right before he fought for the title. Either way, Joe Rogan said he had the best Instagram in the game. I went and checked it out. He had, I don't know, probably like 500,000 followers. It, he probably gained almost a million followers within like the next like 30 to 60 days. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it blew me away. Yeah, the, the, the power of, of social media influence like that is just insane for you know, somebody like Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're deep in the scene, though. Um, who, uh, I don't know how to ask this. I don't want to say, like, who's your favorite person? Like, oh, MMA, But you know what I mean? Like, you've come across some characters. Like, is, is anybody, like, stick out to you? Or you got any interesting stories of just some, some crazy shit from uh, some you know, of the people in the scene? Um, well, it, it's very weird who you... It's a fine you, line, right? It, it really is. <laughs> because you know, some of them, then, you, you can consider, like, they become your friends. Right. And guys like Stitch Duran have become friends of mine. Yeah. Um, so talking interesting story so whenever the whole Reebok deal went down for the UFC and they went to the uniforms and all the cut men got you know nothing out of the deal Stitch was one of the big proponents and he got fired from the UFC because of it right so I got crazy and one night on Periscope I burned my Reebok shoes (laughs) (laughs) and I did it you know I talked to Stitch and I'm like hey man I'm gonna do this he's like are you serious I'm like yeah let's do it let's see what it does I'm a nobody in St. Louis I made it to Instagram's um, top tweets of Reebok deal for almost a week. Really? Yeah. And so it became like a thing that it um, it really actually kind of backfired on me because I couldn't get um, press credit into the UFC for almost two years afterwards. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they hold grudges, dude. Oh, but it was so funny because just the, the amount of people who reached out to me afterwards who were you know bigger names in the business or actually watched it. Because yeah. um, I did it live on Periscope and on Twitter, and I mean, it was just—it was crazy. Yeah. Like the, the the numbers just kept going and kept going and kept going. Like, oh my God, this is. And then it got shared out, and it would just became a thing. And yeah, so I sat at the top tweets of the Reebok deal for like a couple of weeks because of it. That's so cool. yeah, and it, it's it's still cool because now I can call Stitch at any point in time and be like, hey man, what's going on? Yeah. You know, can you come on my show? Can you do this? Can you do that? I got to uh, I got to be one of the uh, pre-readers of his book. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was very cool. Yeah, dude, the power of social media, like, it can uh, actually create some pretty cool connections with people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the UFC and the Reebok deal and all that good jazz, I feel like uh, they're, like, shooting themselves in the foot. Um, you see them and what they're doing, and, like, I look at Bellator, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like Bellator is just doing things so much better. What are your thoughts on, on like, the, the current situation of, like, MMA and the UFC in particular? How do you feel about that? So I, I do I do see where the Reebok deal could be okay for some of the younger guys, some of the guys who don't have the sponsor capabilities. But um, I actually talked to Matt Mitrione about that once, and he said that it wasn't anything against the UFC whenever he moved over to Bellator. He just said the grass was greener. Yeah. Um, the money capabilities for people who are on the, you know, on the live television shows is so much better. And – Bellator is giving, you know, the outs. If you want to go to Ryzen, if you want to go fight someplace else, you know, they're, they're, they're co-mingling in between. Right. And so I think that that's kind of where the UFC has had some issues is that they, you know, they're, they're, they're the big man on campus. No matter what, they're always going to be the New York Yankees MMA. Yeah. Plain and simple. Will they though, you think? Absolutely. I wonder if they'll close. I feel like they're doing so many things wrong. No, I don't think they will ever. Um, There's too many guys who are too hungry to be 
in the sport of mixed martial arts at, you know, that level. Yeah. And so no matter what you do, I think that you'll always have that one and two between them. I don't think the UFC ever really goes away. Yeah. I mean, they are the first mover. I mean, so many people will just say like UFC instead of saying MMA. Right. I if mean, you tell somebody that, that yeah, if you tell somebody that you were a mixed martial arts fighter, they're like, "Oh, is that the UFC?" Right. Yeah. Yeah, until we break that, they probably aren't going away no. anytime soon. I, and I don't think you'll ever break that. Yeah. Whenever the casual fan, I mean, I will never forget my mom called me up who wouldn't know an arm bar from the corner bar. And she goes, did you watch that Conor McGregor fight? And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, my mother is talking about Conor McGregor because of yeah. the UFC. And that Dude, was he's huge. Oh, but that's the kind of thing that the UFC still has. You know, yeah. they have that power. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I um. I just see what like what they do with uh, there's essentially like rankings don't matter. There's so many. Well, they make up their own. Exactly, <laughs> everything's made up, and um, the best people aren't fighting the best people. Fuck, there's so many interim belts. It's crazy. Well, I think the belt thing is kind of silly. I I am not a fan of this two weight class champ thing. Yeah, they're, at all. They're doing. They're setting that up with everybody now, right? Well, I of mean, course they are. They're, they're now. It's it's all about who's going to be the quote unquote goat. Right. And I think that that's just it's silly because you're holding up other divisions and guys who really could use who who should be in line. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those that should Kobe Covington and Tyron Woodley fight? Absolutely, they should because yeah. that's the next guy in line. Yeah. Let's unify that one. You know, who is. What is this with, you know, why, why would it even matter if T.J. Dillashaw went down to 125 pounds to fight Henry Cejudo? Why? Yeah. Other than to kill off the division, which, you know, that it's going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. Yeah, the division's gone anyway. That's what everybody says. You know, they, they were all like in one of the press conferences that, well, we'll see after this fight and all this other kind of stuff. So, and I actually made the comment to T.J. I said, what's it like to be the bad guy? And he said, I'm not the bad guy. I'm here for my legacy. Well, your legacy just got really, really screwed. Yeah, you just fucked that one up big time. Absolutely. Probably cutting too much weight. Oh, he looked I mean he he looked like a long distance runner, just yeah. like Cejudo said. He's a thick kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not uh I mean he's short, but I mean he has a lot of muscle. He doesn't have a lot of fat on him. Right. So that extra ten pounds to twenty five, I mean, that has to deplete his energy. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that why why keep it up? Yeah. You know, now you've got one forty five and one thirty five in the women's divisions. Where are you going to go with that? You 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 tainted your 145 champ because now the the mystique of Cyborg is gone. Yeah, um, that was going to go away eventually anyway. Though. Well, yeah, I mean, but she's a beast. Yeah, she I've is. seen her fight live twice. She's and still she a is, beast. Yeah, she's yeah. a beast. Amanda Nunes is a tough one too. But now, okay, so now Amanda Nunes is going to dump the 145 title and go back to 135. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I guess if the, if if they're not going to stay at that new weight class right or if there's nobody really there to challenge them yeah what would be the point i mean dc he at least relinquished his belt and right. he's going to stick at two or at heavyweight rather well that's what he was in the beginning i mean that's what right. he was in the strike force days yeah and he's he's always said he never liked to be one to cut weight right. so now he doesn't have to yeah he we all know he just doesn't want to fight john jones again well absolutely i mean i wouldn't want to either though to be honest with you i mean he's already beat him twice I mean, whether he had something in his system or not is a whole other story. But the guy's just an amazing athlete. I, I, I have issues with how much he fucks up, but he's an amazing athlete. Well, he is, and I mean, he's got you know the genetics behind him. I mean, the brothers who are the the NFL players, and yeah. it's just he is such an incredible athlete that 
the fact of the drugs yeah. and, and that mystique now, I think is probably going to kill his legacy quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The people who really understand him, that he is such a good athlete. He is so good at this sport. I mean, because he is. He is so good at this sport. And no amount of stuff that you put in your body is going to make you – you know, train like he does as far as the, the striking techniques and the things that he uses. Oh, yeah, his creativity, his timing. Yeah, it's mm. that doesn't come from steroids, you know. It, yeah. it doesn't at all. Yeah. And so, but I still think the average everyday fan is going to be like, yeah, well, you know, he, he, he was hot for this or yeah. that. And then all the other crazy stuff that he does of, you know, leaving the scenes of accidents. And That's things. what gets me. I'm just like, man, I can't take this guy anymore. <laughs> Like, how many bad decisions are you going to make, guy? Right, exactly. Yeah, but um, that was a tangent. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the whole uh, trying to set up these, uh, you know, the champ champ things, like, that's, that's getting kind of out of hand. I do agree. I do agree. Um, I just saw that uh, Tyron Woodley is in camp. He just started camp. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, have you, have you worked with him at all? No. In well, I take that, I cornered with him a couple of times back in the old days. Yeah. Um, I know he. I just know he does so much like media nowadays. Yes. You know what I mean. I didn't know if maybe like cross paths or not. Um, I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's been on the show on ESPN. Um, I actually interviewed him at Guns and Hoses when he was a uh, when yeah. he was there. So, um, but nothing really past that. I, he's a he's a great guy. I mean, he's always been very accommodating. So yeah, yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Hmm. Yeah, man. So what's next for you? So, you know, next is we, I think that we're going to, you know, probably add a couple more locations here for Shamrock FC. I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, do a little road work with them and now just kind of keep moving forward with that. Um, I, I really love doing radio again on ESPN with that, which with Down Goes Frazier. So right. that's been great. Um, just a lot of things like that kind of keep me moving. Um, I like the, the, the weekly grind of, of, you know, coming up with new guests, coming up with yeah. new questions, bringing good content, you know, bringing something that people want to listen to and something that's new and, and refreshing. And yeah. so that's always been kind of my thing. And I, I'm, I'm really stoked for what 2019 uh, is going to be though. Yeah. Yeah. What's your process whenever, uh, so like, I mean, you set up your interviews and like you're going through your questioning, like do you have a process that you do for this, like research. Oh like, yeah. What do you do? So research for like uh, radio or podcasting and stuff is always, I figure out who is what's going on at the time, you know, something that's timely. Um, So like I had Tito Ortiz on three days after he beat Chuck Liddell because that's what somebody wants to know. That was fresh in their mind. Mm -hmm. So once we get that, we go back and I'll, I'll watch either the fight or something that would kind of lead up to the questioning about what he did, um, find out what else they have going on in their background. So, you know, a lot of people don't know Tito Ortiz owns an auto auction. I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, How do you find that information out? Um, you just kind of got to snoop a little bit. So <laughs> you become a pretty good detective in this. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we talked, you know, and then you find out what they're doing business-wise, if they've got anything coming up that they want to promote. And yeah. so that kind of helps out bringing things around. Um, for a Shamrock show, um, one television show takes me probably almost – 15 to 20 hours to get ready. Yeah. Um, and that's like leading up to fight week. We do a couple of different um, internet-based shows. I do all of the writing about all the athletes on the show. So I ask them questions. Mm-hmm. They fill out forms, and then I'll go back and I'll watch some of their fights, and I'll check their records, and I'll see, yeah. well, okay, so if it was a split decision, why? And so I'll go watch those fights. And there's just so much prep time that goes into it. So by the time that – 
the show comes about, there really isn't any guesswork. Yeah. And I don't want to be looking things up while you're in the cage. You know, I want to yeah. just sit there, tell the action, tell about the things that I've learned about you in the back that makes you more fan friendly. Yeah. You know, my job I look at as part of it is to introduce these up and comers to the fans who are watching because whenever something big happens and, you know, it makes it on ESPN or it makes it on Fox Sports and they see these guys who, you know, the double knockout that happened for Shamrock or yeah. the rise of Johnny Eblen or, you know, these guys like that who now, you know, Johnny signed in Bellator after being with us. Well, every fight thing that they've played, you know, there's something of me talking about them in it or whenever mm. the double knockout happened. So I want the fans who get to hear that to know something about the fighters. You know, at that point in time, it's not about me. All I'm doing is telling a story of what's going on in the cage. Yeah. And so I want them to to know anything and everything that will make that fighter either more well-known, um, more palatable to them, and make them the center of it, make the fight the center of it. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember getting that email from Shamrock. It was like a whole list of just different questions. That was you? That's that was, that's, that's, yeah, all, a lot of that info comes to me. I'm so. just like, who the fuck is asking these questions? What is my – I don't even remember what the questions were, but they were like – they weren't your typical questions. It right. was like really like trying to like get to know you and like what your thoughts were and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, I, I, you know, so I know that you, you're, you have a Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, but then I also know that you are very big into movement and all this other kind of things. And that, so that was whenever, whenever if I was doing you in a fight, that's all the info that I would put together. And so then I would go back and I would watch like your mace workouts to figure out wow, how we could talk about and incorporate that into it. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about the fact that you're a father, all this other kind of stuff that makes you more you're not just the guy in the cage punching somebody in the face. You're a real person. Right. And that's a big thing. So Yeah, and you only have so much time to do that. Right. Especially you guys, you finish fights quickly. So. <laughs> yeah, some guys finish pretty quick. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> I'm immature. I'm sorry. It happens. Me. It's okay. Um, so with like, so like all these upcoming shows and, and whatnot with uh, Down Goes Frazier, do you schedule those uh, guests as well, or who who does the scheduling of the guests? Like, you do all of that. I do quite a bit of it. Uh, Jason yeah. Frazier and I, we kind of split the duties as far as who's going to be on. Um, but if it's, so we'll, we'll meet, we'll decide, okay, this week we're going to have, uh, TJ Dillashaw next week. We're going to talk to Luis Pena the week after that. We're going to talk to Derek Lewis. Yeah. Um, so then we'll, we'll schedule those out and we'll each kind of write our questions and then we'll present them to each other. So that way we know kind of who's asking and then we des yeah. designate who's going to go first, who's going to lead in. Yeah. So it's all real kind of choreographed. Um, you know, coming up, I think we're going to have a couple of different bigger, bigger fighters that's coming in. I think, um, I think we're going to have Amanda Nunes coming up. Um, we've got, uh, uh, just a couple lined up in the, c in the can that are going to be pretty big fighters. So, yeah, man, it's such a pain in the ass trying to schedule people. <laughs> it is. Um, and you will get them that will bail on you and oh, yeah. you will have them that they're like, Oh, that was today. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it becomes I've had a couple of them that were like, really? Yeah. You know, we talked yesterday. Dude, I've kicked myself in the ass because I didn't, like, text somebody the day before. Like, I'm just like, ugh. And then and I'll be like, hey, man, are we still good in, like, t in the next, like, couple hours? Oh, I forgot all about that. Right. Uh, one time I went to uh, to Austin. I wasn't going there specifically for the podcast, but, like, I scheduled the podcast while I'm down there. Mm -hmm. And um, the dude was in, like, Washington that day. I'm just like, oh well, I just checked with you on Monday. You could have mentioned this to me before, like before now. Like I'm down here, and then I rescheduled with him for a 
another time I was in Austin, and uh, he was on the road driving to Dallas to go watch the UFC fight. So oh, I'm Lord. just like, oh, you're just a dick. <laughs> yeah, that that one becomes a tough one yeah. because you don't want to be overly forward. And I, I mean, down to the – I've had it with some of the guys who – do our, our lead up shows for Shamrock is yeah. where, you know, we, cause we'll do what we call live and uncut where we get both of the guys together on the screen at the same time yeah. and they can talk to each other talking and smack. It, well, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And I will tell you, I have had everything from guys cutting weight in the sauna. Mm. Talk to me while they're doing it in the sauna Yeah. to one guy who was in a swimming pool, hmm. literally yeah. in the water yeah. with his phone, just doing a Skype interview. Yeah. And, or some that will be like, yeah, we're going on in 10 minutes. Like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, I messaged you at noon mm-hmm. to tell you it was today. How did you forget? So it, it becomes a wrangle, but it's one of those kind of behind-the-scenes thing nobody really gets. And if you make it look flawless, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody knows. Um, it's, like a, it's like a duck on water, right? Just Absolutely. Working super busy below. And fighters aren't the most organized <laughs> folks, unfortunately. Well, I mean, you guys get hit in the head a lot. You know, let's be honest. So. Dude, that's why I stopped fighting. <laughs> I fucking I just worry about my brain entirely too much. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the time comes. You know, concussions are a real thing. So. They really are. I don't know how many I've gotten. I don't think I've taken a whole lot of shots. Not like some people. You see some guys, and it is, uh, it's just a shame, like the, the punishment that they've taken oh. in fights, man. It's, it blows me away. Yeah, it's. I think I've had six in judo. Concussions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've had just so many I haven't counted. I started playing football in seventh grade. So oh, yeah. I mean, it's just guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Guaranteed. Um, oh, dude, I had a question for you in the pipeline, and I forgot it. Mm. I, don't, I don't know, Jeremy. It happens. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> I should write more questions down. You know, I like the conversational, though. It's I try to nice. keep it pretty conversational. Uh, I think I'm getting pretty good at just, you know, racking off questions based sure. off what we're talking about. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Just awkward silence for the moment, huh? It happens. It does happen. Um, damn, dude. Well, I'm drawing a blank. Let's wrap it up, dude. All right. Um, no, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. We can. Let me think here. I might just edit this, Jeremy. I, nor- I don't normally edit them. Editing is a beautiful thing. But Every- everyone does it. Don't let anybody tell you they don't edit. I know, but we've been doing such a good – it's been such a good conversation. It just came to a very natural um, lull in the conversation, and uh, I'm just not being very quick with my questioning, dude. Let me think here. I probably will edit this. That's fine. I don't like that, though. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I don't know, man. I'm drawing a blank. So let me ask you a question. Then. Yeah. All right. So what what's coming up for you? I mean, for everyone who knows you, you the thing that I, I've I've seen lately that really kind of I think is cool is this is the mace videos that you're doing. Yeah. Your functional movement stuff. Yeah, doing a lot of functional movement, a lot of uh, unconventional training. So last year I basically just went hot and heavy on um, like credentialing and like education, um, just in health and wellness and movement. So I got like my health coach certification and personal training and um, like my nutrition certification. And then I got uh, two certs for Mace, uh, one from Onnit, one from um, a guy named Leo Savage mm-hmm. uh, for Steel Mace Flow, and then like the kettlebells. 
So the plan is just to keep moving forward and uh, build Imposed Will as like an educational platform uh, for like mindset and health and wellness and movement. And then, uh, yeah, do just, you know, coach and teach and podcast and fucking connect with people. I started this podcast so I can connect with people and, uh, and just like have interesting conversations because I don't ever have time to, uh, or I don't know how many people actually just like sit down and just connect with people uninterrupted. Right. So that's why, that's why I'm doing this. So do you miss fighting? No. Really? I don't. I don't. You're one of the few that I've heard that say they don't. Yeah. I don't even, I'm, a, I'm almost entirely over like competition, like in sports entirely. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was telling my buddy Justin, this will probably be my last year, like even competing like jujitsu even. Huh. Yeah. I'm just over it. Interesting. Yeah. See, yeah. to me, the, the the love of competition has never gone away. No, I still love to compete. I still love to compete, but I just don't want to compete in, like, sports. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's daily competition in business. Oh, that's a true statement. That is a true statement. But, no, I, I, I still love the competition, man. I uh, I compete in judo still every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I'm you mentioned do... competing uh, stand-up. Is that what you, you mentioned? Oh, I, I, I did a mixed martial arts fight. Six months ago, man, I did see that. Well, because I Jordan, kept it, I kept it real quiet. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw maybe one post. It was like you and Jordan Dowdy, yep. and uh, who it was else? Me, called? Jordan Dowdy, and Craig, and his <laughs> and Jake uh, Jake Dowdy, Jordan's yeah. brother. Yeah, where was that at? Oh god, that was in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, and dude, who showed was that on like a Hewlett card? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was funny because like I went down there and I told him, look, I I just want to do this. It's kind of a thing. I don't want my name out there. I don't want it that, you know, I'm yeah. not playing anything of it. I'm not the Shamrock guy. I'm none of that stuff. And I still, the minute that I walked in, I figured, all right, Columbia, Missouri, there are going to be not many people who know us. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, that went wrong real fast. Yeah. But uh, it was, people were like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, just here for the fights, blah, 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 blah. And I stayed in the back corner. And then I got my hands wrapped. And somebody goes, oh, my God, are you fighting? And then it became a thing. And then, yeah, they called uh Apparently, like, two people called uh, Rob, the matchmaker for Shamrock. Like, do you know that your announcer's fighting on a card down here? And he's like, what? No, they didn't even know? No. Oh, oh no. Man. This was one of those that it was better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I didn't do too bad. Uh, like ref stopped it in the sec end of the second round. and But I wasn't bruised up too bad. Yeah. You know, I had a little black eye when I was done. <laughs> but nothing big. It was a lot of fun. So Are Those three-minute rounds? Yeah. Yeah. How tired were you? No, I'm. I do a ton of cardio. Yeah. Um. No, my conditioning was great. I Not like, even like an adrenaline jump. No, jump or nothing, I. Huh? It didn't. That was the weirdest thing. Like I didn't get overly freaked. Yeah. Um. I figured there is nothing that this kid is gonna do towards me, who is a kid who is literally half my age. Yeah. Um. That Jordan Dowdy didn't hit me with. True. You know. I mean, because between him and you know, I was training, like I said, some with Luigi Fioravante at the time. And yeah, there I there wasn't anything. He just happened to be like you know eight inches taller than me, and I couldn't move him. So dang, dude. Yeah, and you are in that environment a lot, right? So I mean that. Oh yeah, there I has mean, to be something to that, right? It, you know, if if you're around it enough, and you know, sp I looked at Jake actually goes, it's a glorified sparring match, and I'm like, yep, that's a perfect example of it. That's true. So yeah, you know, I've I've sparred with guys you know around here locally. I've done, like I said, I've done enough of it that it didn't, it wasn't just a, a complete adrenaline, like, oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, I've, I've been in the cage, I've been in around it, I've, I've trained with guys, I've, I've fought anything from, 
you know, stand-up tournaments to grappling tournaments. So it wasn't that big of a, a leap for me. Right, so. right. Yeah, so the show was a lot bigger than you anticipated. Um, it was more, it wasn't big. I mean, it was like a VFW hall show. I thought yeah. that was the way to do it. You yeah. know, it was solely for myself. I didn't tell anybody. Literally no one went. <laughs> um, I didn't want anybody there. I just wanted yeah. to do it. And so, you know, this, this next one, if I do it again, then I, I may, uh, I may do it closer to home. I don't know. So. Yeah. You think you might do that one on Shamrock? No, no, no. Um, that would be, it'd be too hard to fight first and then go call the rest of the fights that's so. true because you work all of them is are they um is is the xfn series is that still going is that happening anymore no no more nope okay. we're, we're, we're we're back to doing but the thing is is now we are doing the xfn type things yeah in the cage right so now you can do professional kickboxing in the cage yeah so that's a big deal um you know we just had uh shazo fakari taking on kevin angle and i mean right. it was it was great. It was pro kickboxing in the cage. It was fun to watch. I mean, it's so fast and yeah. it, it kind of takes out the whole rope movement and yeah. it, a lot of a lot of clinch work and so it was it was a lot of fun. So uh, there really isn't um so we we still we still add kickboxing now into the shows. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I couldn't remember um any of those shows being advertised like as of late. Yeah, no, I haven't like done one of those memory, so. labeled as XFN in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, that fight with Kevin and uh what was the other guy's Shaw. name? Shaw. Shaw? Yeah, Shaw Zofakari. That dude's throwing bombs. Oh there, my man. lord. And to to be where we were, you know, you can hear Every hit. Yeah. That's something that uh, I think is kind of lost on the guys in the crowd and the people on television is because we can hear it. Yeah. You know, if they're right in front of us and you hit somebody, my God, we feel it. Yeah. You know, you can feel the power that, that they got cracked with. You know, I sat literally from me to you when um, Bobby Volker just beat the brakes off of Kyle Kurtz. Yeah. And it was – it almost physically hurt – to be that close to it because yeah. it was just shot after shot after shot after shot. And it, it's some of the most exciting, crazy feelings you'll ever see yeah. not being in there. Yeah, man. People don't know, man, but there's some nasty sounds that come from a landed shot. Like oh. whether it's a shin to the face or a punch or whatever it is, man. I mean, a good inside leg kick just snaps oh, yeah. and it hurts. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, it's it's one of those that the, the casual fan may never get that, but my God, the – the the ability that you guys have to take a shot and keep moving forward is just incredible. Yeah, well, the problem is if you don't train it, it goes away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. So many times I, I I know a lot of fighters probably experience this because if if you're not if you're not serious about what you're doing or if you're just not disciplined, a lot of fighters will like get fat in between fights and whatnot. So they'll they'll get out of shape and they'll make the mistake of like spending the first half of their camp, you know, getting in shape for the fight. That first half when you're getting in shape, you're also reconditioning your body to start taking shots. If right. You, you know, if you haven't been practicing and it doesn't feel good. No, it's yeah. For anyone who hasn't done it, you know, kicking a bag a couple of hundred times to get your shins to feel like yeah. dead again is just, it's terrible. Yeah, man. Um, so many training camps where I like kicked an elbow uh-huh. and then you get this, this deep bruise in your shin and it feels like you broke your shin. Like, you know, it's not broken, right? <laughs> but it feels like it. And then now you have to go through an entire training camp with this thing. Oh, or, or you, you, you kick an elbow with the top of your foot. 
Oh, yeah. I did that. I did that before this last one and ended up breaking my foot. Actually, did yeah, break my you toe. Yeah, break your foot. And um, still did it. And it was just, yeah, it was a terrible, terrible feel because you could feel it move every time. Yeah. yeah. It was just so weird. So. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nope. I can remember like, all right, man, my shin's feeling pretty good today. Let me just throw just like a, a leg kick. Boom, land the leg kick. Nope, it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, man. That gets brutal. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't miss the striking and whatnot. I don't, I don't miss that at all. But, uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned Bobby Volker. Um, is he still fighting? Oh, absolutely. He, uh, I know he had a win not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Is he just, is he just content? I mean, you know him pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. I should, I should probably contact him and try to sit down with that guy. He's done so much and been so many places as far as fighting is concerned. Insane. I mean, from strike force to the UFC, you know, he's got, I mean, his war with Robbie Lawler is, is still incredible. Yeah. Or the one with Patrick Cote. Those fights were just insane to watch. Yeah. So, so is he is he pretty content just like fighting at home and no. selling out those crowds? He's still is, one. He, is he's, he still he's, going for he, it? he's looking for one more big shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't doubt it that if he if he keeps keeps going. Yeah. That uh, he makes it to a Bellator or back one time in the UFC, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to have that goal, right? Otherwise, I mean. I shouldn't downplay people's if if they just want to fight like that's totally right. cool if you just want to take a fight but as many fights as he like he's in, he's actively fighting I would oh, imagine if you're actively fighting you have to still have that goal yeah you like you can't just be content with fighting um, like at home all the time right yeah no I think that you know he one he still genuinely loves it yeah um he still trains for it. Um, cause I mean, he, he's good, you know, he, he's always been good. He's one of those kind of guys yeah. who are just, he's that old school toughness, throws the head movement, yeah. may take an ass kick in the first round, but then you're done for in the second. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's coming off a win over, uh, Darius Flowers and that's exactly what he did. You know, everybody said that this Darius Flowers was going to be the next big thing. Really? Um, and Bobby was like, all right, I'll weather the storm in the beginning. And this kid came out and gave it everything. Yeah. And Bobby ate some big shots. And second round came along. All of a sudden, here comes the uh, the Bobby Volker of old, and it just yeah. got done. And I mean, it was it was a brutal, brutal knockout. Yeah, that probably like those shots probably like wake something up in him. Oh, I I have no doubt. Yeah, that's a different human being. Guys like that, and you you can't tell it just by looking at them. You know what I mean? Because so Bobby Volker, he's you know a big dude, but then you have like the Korean Zombie, for example. Mm -hmm. These guys, like, they just take shots, and they just keep coming, and it almost seems to, like, give them energy. Yeah, it, it's really weird to see guys who are like that, that they want to get hit. Some people need to get hit a couple of times in order just to get their head to really where they are. Yeah. Um, and I, I've talked to guys after the fights, and they were like, yeah, I needed to get cracked once really good. Yeah. And I'm like... That's a dangerous game plan, but if that's what you need, I mean, it's yeah. what you need. So it's a crazy strategy. You know, I, you know, some guys they they never want to get hit. They don't want to be in that yeah. situation. They want to get it to the ground. They want to keep it, you know, keep their opponents tied up. But some guys like to just stand and trade and. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, you so you mentioned concussions. Have you ever been actually like knocked out, flash knockout, or anything? No, nothing. I've never been knocked out. Um, in all the times that I have hit my head on the mat or been cracked in the head, I've never been knocked out. I've been choked unconscious a lot, but yes, never. That I have been too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've been <laughs> choked unconscious a lot. Heck, my own kid's done it to me, so, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, um, I think uh, I haven't looked this up to verify it, but I heard that, you know, once you go unconscious, 
then um, it's it's easier to go unconscious again. Like that set point becomes quicker and quicker. Well, I think that that's that's a lot of what people talk about too. You know, when you get hit on the button so many times that you lose the chin. And, yeah. And look at guys like Mandalay Silva. You know, they yeah. used to be able to just take a complete beating. Yeah. And now, you know, you touch him twice. Chuck Liddell, another perfect example. He used to be, but that one shot that I think probably Rampage Jackson laid on him back in the day. Yeah. And that was, I think, the, the, the turning point for, for guys like that, that once you get cracked a couple of times, it goes away. And then, yeah, I mean, as you get put out, you know, it, it kind of becomes, all right, I know I've got X amount of time before it happens. And you watch that time just kind of get a little less and a little less. Yeah. So. yeah. Some people are just too tough for their own body. Absolutely. I don't, uh, I don't uh, recommend people be like that. But <laughs> you see, Cain Velasquez, mm -hmm. he was that guy. Uh, he was just so, so tough. And uh, his, his whole body just broke down. And then, uh, yeah, Chuck Liddell comes to mind. You know, I heard <sighs> – who knows what's true or not, but I can only imagine he just blew all of his money. Um, you know, he thought he had like a lifetime job with the UFC and he's taking fights just because he needs the money. But um, I just heard that uh, he just had some uh, some vices. I I have heard the vice thing. I don't know it for sure. I mean, I don't know. either. Yeah, but, um, you know, it kinda, that's kind of it is what it is. is but what it is. Chuck was a smart guy. I mean, he had a you know, he's got a degree in accounting, I think, from Cal Poly. Yeah, but how long ago was that? Well, that's true, but uh, he's probably lost all those brain cells. <laughs> he's lost them all, my man. But you know, you got to do something, man. Yeah, especially yeah. if you still want to be competitive. Yeah. So. Yeah, you really do. All right, man. Well, we hit an hour, and uh, there we go. I appreciate you being patient with me on this one because I feel like I just like fumbled it all, man. No, not at all. Uh anyway. How can folks get a hold of you? Like, I want to give you the floor. You can plug whatever you want to plug, sponsors, anything that you have coming up. How can folks get a hold of you? The floor is yours. You're so good at it. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Facebook, and it's uh, Jeremy Johnson, MMA commentator slash host. That's my Facebook fan page. Um, I'm on Instagram at Jeremy J MMA, and then on Twitter at MMA Jeremy, and that's where I do all of my social media stuff. And you know, that's where you can find out my my sponsors and all the the, yeah. the people that make it a the, the ability for me to do what I do. So yeah, and I got some good ones, and it's been a it's been a great ride. So I what appreciate are those sponsors? Do tell me about. Oh them. my God, dude! I've got anything from I have a skincare sponsor called Face and Junk. I have a hair care sponsor called Bucks Burley out of Utah, and they literally give me all of my hair paste and stuff for oh, free. That's and dope. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I've got uh, a nutritional sponsor uh, called Drotein, and mm -hmm. they do uh, CBD-based protein. Okay. So I, I got a bunch of them. Yeah. Tom well, James Clothing takes care of all my suits, so it really wasn't a shitty men's warehouse suit that, uh, <laughs> you know, Brennan Schaub was talking about. So Damn, dude, you do have a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Let me ask you this question before we go. Uh -huh. um, I think it's so important for, uh, well, if a fighter's listening or just anybody who – wants to be any sort of like influencer mm -hmm. like how do you what would you recommend or what are some steps that people can take to like go about like getting sponsorships or like what would you recommend that they do so the biggest thing is is that you, you really need to bring something to the table and when I say that it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a thousand or five thousand or you know 25,000 followers um, that helps but you need to have something that's engaging you have to provide value to the people and if it's a motivational quote, if it's a practical lesson in business, if it's anything like that, if it's 
a mace video that shows how to do certain things. All of that stuff leads to people getting value from what you bring. And sponsors are looking for someone who can provide value to their customer base. Um, so like my, my company war tape that sponsors me. Um, so I get all of the stuff to wrap hands as a cut man for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so literally there were times that I would do videos of me wrapping hands online or I would do, um, you know, how to do X and Y. And it just became a great partnership. Um, the, the skincare guys, it was all because they saw me on TV and everybody talked about how young I looked. And so that was where that came from. Um, the hair one is, is if anybody around St. Louis MMA knows, I have been, the jokes about the hair thing has been around forever. It's gorgeous so, hair, man. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, is I didn't start that. I wasn't involved. <laughs> and actually there was, there was a potential lawsuit that even happened about that once. So, really? Yeah. Oh man. Um, it was, it was pretty funny, but, but that's kind of thing is it's just, how do you become the, the person that people will go to for a specific thing yeah. and to be trusted. So I don't use anything that, and I don't endorse anything that I wouldn't really use. Yeah. Um, if I, if I say that I like it, I really do. If it, if I say something does something, it does. Um, you know, down to literally my, my clothing sponsor, Tom James, um, they will, they'll come meet me. They'll come meet the guys that I've introduced them to. And I mean, they do tons of people. They do, you know, Tyron Woodley and a bunch of other guys too. So, um, yeah, you've got to provide value to your people, know your numbers and make sure that you're always engaging with people. Yeah. That's, that's big. Yeah. That engagement piece is really important. Like, I mean, consistency is key. Yes. Do you recommend people like put together like a sales deck or should they just slide slide into a company's DMs? You know, I personally, I have a, 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 an info sheet on me and it's, here is what I do. Here's where I can be seen. Here's where I can be heard. Here's what I can do for your company. You know, because at that point in time, you kind of become a walking billboard as a fighter. Yeah. And, but that's how you make, you know, a good portion of your money when you fight is through that. Uh And so you want to maintain those relationships and make sure that the company that backs you gets a value out of you. Yeah. You know, so I make sure that I get promo codes for all of my companies so I, that they know that they're making money off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, for my suit guy, I'm like, hey, here's an intro. Here's this. Here's that. And he's like, great. Perfect. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really big that route. Yeah. Just always trying to provide value in, in any way that you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people probably feel like you have to have like, you know, 50,000 followers. To no. For people um, to support you. Yeah, and in our our genre, I mean, it's such a niche market that, yeah, I mean, there are guys out there, you know, but even some of the bigger ones you see, you'll have, you know, 25, 50,000 followers. And so even if you've got five or 10, um, I mean, I think I've only got like 15, 20 across all social media. Yeah. But I still have enough sponsors that, you know, I don't have to pay for a whole lot of what I ever use and yeah. you know, get some paychecks on occasion. So it's not too bad. So. Right. Yeah. It's not necessarily about like having like a whole bunch, like, you know, getting big paychecks from them. But I mean, you mentioned like getting product. Right. Um, maybe a little bit of paycheck. Absolutely. There, but I do get those. So it's yeah. not too bad. But yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Hey, man, I appreciate that advice. Um, more so for myself, too, but for anybody listening, um, that was always a huge struggle, like, as a fighter. Um, you're so focused on training, you don't ever want to, like, try to get sponsors. And then, unless you want to go get, like, a manager to do that for you, and right. then you got to, like, sp- split the money. And Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. It really is. And it, it the sponsor thing is, is a tough one nowadays, too, because there's so many out there trying to get them. And, yeah. you know, they, they all – what can you bring them? And that's that's always been my thing is what can I do for them? It's not what can they do for me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Awesome. Hey, dude, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, until next time.